0: All right, Drew, another episode of the College Series is back. I'm pumped. Episode 15, we are headed to Dallas, baby. We're headed to Dallas. But before we go to Dallas, you're already in Dallas, so I guess it doesn't matter. But I want to go to Dallas to be a part of this interview. But before I go to Dallas, we're going to take a quick time out because we want you all to know how you can make your very own podcast like ours using our sponsor and friend, Anchor.fm. All right, Drew, I'm in Dallas with you now. Who are you taking me to meet? Next interview.
1: Today's interviewee is Matt Doherty. He's a walk-on receiver at the University of SMU, but dude's a great guy. It was a great interview. Getting to know a little bit more about the university in the city of Dallas was awesome. Um, So, Sandy, let's stop wasting our time. Hit that play button, baby.
0: Pony Express, pony up. Let's go. So, a lot of the guys we've had on the show recently, well, pretty much all of them are from Capel or at least the Dallas area. And so, a lot of my roommates in college, you weren't my roommate, Drew, but we hung out a lot. You're from the Dallas area. My roommates are from Dallas. So, I feel like a second part of me is from Dallas or at least is invested in that area. So, it's awesome because we're going to the heart of Dallas today, going to SMU, one of the most prestigious universities in the state of Texas the home of the pony express uh we don't count that two-year death penalty here all right it's a, <laughs> it's a new day in smu sports we're talking to matt doherty a receiver at smu drew you know we got to start off with our question right you yes, know what's sir. coming yeah. so i asked matt before the show if he's a slot or if he's an outside guy now he dabbles in a little bit of both so uh the guy can play now but i had to ask because this factors into our question so drew Matt Doherty, SMU wide receiver, over, under, four seven four and a half, forty 40-yard dash. E-
1: that's easy. That's, that's definitely an under. I told you he was a track guy. He was running the 200. He was on the 4-by-1 team. That's an easy, easy under. Uh, I got to give him like a 4-6 at least. Matt, am I right or am I wrong?
2: You would be right. I'm just under a 4.7, about a 4.65 laser. And if you want to count a hand time, I've, I've clocked a 4.49 in a hand.
1: Hey, those hand times are always precious. I know the <laughs> – you, you got to love hand times, especially, you know, if, if a certain coach is doing it. Um, but, Matt, welcome to the podcast, my guy. Welcome to uh, your series of the, on the college interview. Um, but we got to start from where you and I first met uh, in Coppell High School. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get really much varsity time until your senior year, um, but you kind of blew up your senior year. Can you speak upon like what the transition was like from your junior year to your senior year uh, and actually playing Texas high school football at a varsity level?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, going back, you know, I was at, at a time I was a little bit disappointed at junior year. I, know I had high hopes to you know, be on varsity, you know, play alongside some of the, the greats at Coppell, and, you know, including mm-hmm. yours truly, you know. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a shock to me at first. But, you know, moving into senior year, I was like, you know, this, is, this, this could be a good year for me. You know, we're losing a bunch of our skilled players on offense. Um, obviously, Brady was coming back to be our quarterback. And I was like, you know, we have, we have a shot. You know, I can uh, I have some speed. I can catch the ball. You know, I have, I have a chance. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep my head down, keep grinding. You know, I had a, felt like I had a really good offseason put on about about 10 more pounds to get up to 165 no that doesn't sound like a lot but you know put on put on some more weight to get you know get ready for uh mm-hmm. senior year varsity and then you know moving into that season i was like you know I, we got a good chance to be you know really good this year and i was like this this could be a good year for me i think i can ball out i think i can show my speed and lo and behold by the end of the year i i think i did that so i was just thankful for the chance
1: yeah and you know, funny thing. Before uh, my, my senior year, your junior year, uh, we actually spent a, a lot of time together because I was too lazy to sit in traffic and drive home. Uh, and I think you did the same thing. And so we would actually spend a lot of time uh, in the field house, just playing catch, just throwing the like, tennis balls, oh, yeah. just just basically having our own catch club after school because we were bored. Uh, and so I knew it was only a matter of time before you uh, had your opportunity. Unfortunately, that senior year we did have a lot of a lot of guys at receiver position, so you did play JV. But like I said, and like you said, senior year really you blew up. Uh, we were just talking about your rock wall game. Uh, you had a buck forty and two touchdowns receiving. Can you talk about what it was like to uh, really blow up? At Allen Stadium, playing against Rockwall High School.
2: Oh, I mean, going into that game, I, I I just come off a good game against Rowlett as well, and I knew they were going to be, you know, playing is pretty tough. Rockwall's a good team, as you mentioned, and you know, I was just like, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to do my job, I'm not going to try to do too much. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to know my role. I know I'm the fast guy, but I'm like, I'm going to do my role. And uh, the first touchdown was about a 60-yard bomb on a fake screen. You know Brady Brady let me perfectly caught it and just outran the safety for a touchdown. That was obviously mm-hmm. a great feeling. You know, walking in and then I you know my I guess celebration shall you say in in high school was i pretty much just sprint along the back back <laughs> of the end zone all the way across for whatever reason I don't know why I did that. Um, but you know doing that and then you know just seeing all the fans. You know Allen's a huge stadium and it was just really nice to have that experience and then. Um, moving into that second touchdown I know we were we were down I can't remember the exact amount but we, we were down two minutes left Brady has a low snap and it was originally a run play it was just gonna be a, a run to the right I was like you know I'm just gonna go get my safety on the backside of a run nothing crazy and then I just hear the entire crowd just go "Ooh!" like something bad happened so I, I turned around the ball's on the ground Brady's getting chased by you know three D linemen. And he just picks up the ball, and I'm just like – I look at him. I literally – I wave my hand, and I'm like, there's no one here. We're, da- we're down by – we're down by four. Just toss it to me.
1: Yeah.
2: Thro- throws it, and then catch it wide open. And then you know, I just literally ran probably as fast as I ever had in my entire life. <laughs> uh, the uh, the catapults that we wore in high school said I, I clocked 21 miles an hour.
1: Yeah.
2: God pointed up – I saw the picture – you know as soon as I crossed that goal line and I was like you know this is this is this is what I wanted you know mm-hmm. last year my junior year when I wasn't on varsity this is what I wanted to happen this is you know, like yeah. this is my moment this is what I was waiting for and I was just yeah. grateful that I had the chance yeah
1: no I mean it, it was awesome I was actually at that game uh you know it was, it was a really interesting game Rockwall. um but uh can you talk about like what it means to be a varsity guy as in um, not so much like actually playing, but like just having that responsibility of being a Texas high school football player. Uh, I ask this to everyone because um, it's really more so a jab at Sandy because um, <laughs> Texas high school football. Uh, you can know, put that in the video. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, we can. But uh, he, um, I, I tell him, I was like, man, you know, te- you know, football is really big, but in the state of Texas, it's like huge. Can you talk about what it's like to just? You know, be looked up as a role model. Um, you know, being a varsity guy, even just being a high school football player in general in, te- in Texas.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, going obviously going into that year, I didn't have, I guess, so much of the the fame or the popularity of some of the other guys in Coppell. But by you know, by the end of the year, it's just it's it's really cool to see. You know, all the kids come up to you after the game. You know, all the kids that you know, they beg for your gloves, and I'm like, I'm a high school guy. I don't get I, these are all my gloves. Exactly, I don't, yeah.
3: I can't give you these. <laughs>
2: You know, it's you know when people ask for pictures after the game, or you know, like um, I have two little sisters, and you know, you know they they pride themselves on like that's my big brother, and you know they had so many friends that were just like that's he he caught he caught that touchdown last week, and it's just it, it was so awesome to you know that there's a bunch of especially younger kids that are really looking up to you, and it's like you know just setting setting that uh, example for them setting example for my little sisters you know they're they're both doing their own thing now trying to i guess live up to what i did in Cottbell because they that you know kind of taking a jab at them you know sometimes they still get called my like oh you're you're matt's little sisters you're and mm-hmm. they like they, they kind of get pissed off sometimes yeah. they're like oh, no i'm my own person and i understand but i mean it's just it, it's it's cool to see the the community around and just all the little kids look up to you and, you know, they play football in their front yard acting like they're us. Yeah. You know, they, they don't like, they don't act like, you know, they're college football or NFL players. They like, I want to be a cop cowboy varsity football player. And that's something that means a lot to me when I was playing
0: on varsity.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Drew, let me just remind you that the uh, school that ended Highland Park's decade-long home winning streak is from my neck of the woods. It's appropriate with Matt on from SMU, Highland Park, in that area. And uh, this past week, Trinity Christian, you know, Deion Sanders' team and all that stuff, we, they came out to our neck of the woods and they they found out what it's like. Arkansas football is no, no joke either. But, all right, man, let's get back to you, the real, the real thing. Um, so you have your great year, senior year at Capel. And what is the process like for you? You know, you told us before the show you're in, you want to be a financial consultant. It your major would suggest that um so how much of your college decision how much of your career what you wanted to pursue as a career and your passion for football how did that get you to SMU or were there other schools that were involved did you have any offers how'd you get to SMU
2: yeah no I can I can definitely dive into that um quick backstory: my my dad ran track at Clemson so you know for almost my whole life, I guess until about 16 or 17, I was like, you know, I want to go to Clemson. You know, my, my dad went there. Granddad went there. A bunch of, a couple of my cousins went there, you know, it's like, it's almost like I was destined, but obviously they were, they were getting really good at football at this point. This was back in 2016. So that was, I guess that was their first national championship that year. Um, and I was like, you know, even getting a walk on spot at Clemson would be really hard. So I was like, you know, is it, is it something I really want to pursue? Is that something that, I really want to do I just want to be a regular student there. Um and that was something I bounced back and forward with for a while. Um and then after our season around I think it was January, I actually got a call from Coach DeWitt, the head coach at Coppell And um he was like, Hey, uh, Yale's really interested in you. And obviously me being who I am, I was like, you know, that's, that's Ivy, that's big time. That's you know, it's FCS level football, it's you know it's good football and obviously the opportunity to go to a really good Really, really good school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I I took a visit out to there, and then, long story short, that it ended up, you know, fell through. Um. They, I guess I could get in trouble saying this, but I mean, they they didn't respond to anything after my visit. Like I texted, you know, my recruiter, texted, um, you know, GA, and pretty much just got ghosted. No response to emails or texts, and I was like. All right, that's cool. I mean, you could you could have at least told me something, you know. You don't I'm not I wouldn't have cared, you know, just mm-hmm. I like to just be honest and truthful, be clear with me. Um, so that, that fell through. And that was about I think that was February or March where I finally was like, Okay, well this this isn't gonna happen. So I started looking back at Clemson, looked back at just a couple other options. I had some D two, D threes that I honestly wasn't very interested in. Um and then um Coach DeWitt knew the OC at the time, which was coach Craddock at SMU mm-hmm. and Craddock really liked my film really, you know, he liked my speed especially. And he was like, Hey, uh, we really, <laughs> he told wit, he's like, Hey, I really like this dude. If he's still interested in playing football, we'd love to have him as a walk-on.
1: Yeah. And I
2: was, and I heard about that and I was like, I'd love to, you know, I think it's obviously SMU had the the perfect combination of a D1, D uh, D1 football program as well as, a really good uh academics i can do this and lo and behold i applied i applied to smu on the second to last day before applications were closed and then got accepted a week later and i was like this is where i want to go
1: well there you go i mean sometimes sometimes it it's it's not a pretty road as we've as we've learned uh, with the recruiting process um you know, just because it's a business. Once you get out of high school, college football is a business and recruiting is a business and going on visits and everything. It's all a business and it sucks. But, um, you know, it, it's not high school anymore. You know, it's not all glitz and glamour and everything. So um, that sucks. But, you know, I didn't even realize this until I was in high school that SMU was like considered Dallas's like university. I didn't even like put two and two together when I was younger. Um, so you're staying in your your hometown pretty much. Um, what is that, What is that like to be close to home, I guess, but like far enough, well, not even really far enough away. You're 20 minutes from Cobbville, but uh, what is it like to like, I guess, be a, be a, a student in the university of, of Dallas and what is that like to represent that?
2: Uh, you know, freshman year, I told my parents, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to take my car because, you know, at the time I had a girlfriend still in high school. I, obviously my family's obviously still in Cobbville. I was like, Hey, take my car away so I don't feel like I need to come back and they were like all right we'll do that so they they took my car they dropped me off like you know just off in Dallas but it felt like forever <laughs> because forever away because I was like I, mean, I can't go anywhere now I have to rely on friends to take me anywhere which at the end of the day I think that was a blessing in disguise because it really taught me how just I mean how to how to live like a college student I'm mm-hmm. not gonna rely on going home for laundry or meals like every week you know and I think that was something I was really thankful for, thankful that I did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just as a whole being in Dallas, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of fun to be had in Dallas. Let me tell you. I mean, there's it, the, you know, the, the downtown settings, a lot of fun, obviously the professional sports teams are a lot of fun and there's just a lot to do around Dallas. I think a lot of people underestimate, you know, the, the fun you can have in a city versus, you know, being in a college town. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being at SMU, I know this past year we you know we kind of launched this true, like, Dallas campaign with our uniforms, if you saw that. And I think that's something that's really going to help SMU football specifically turn turn the corner. You know, just representing Dallas means a lot to a lot of kids. And, I mean, for me, too, it was like, you know, I can say, hey, I represent Dallas. We're like mm-hmm. any other Dallas sports team. Like, we are Dallas. And I think that means a
0: lot. Yeah, one – I'm glad, Matt, you didn't follow Coach Craddock to their next stop. It would not have ended well for you. (laughs) Number two, those helmets y'all have are freaking sweet. I love the campaign that y'all are launching, you know, trying to embrace this Dallas representation. Uh, Number three, take it from someone who was in a similar spot, You, but I brought my car with me. I wish I had done what you did. It makes a world of difference, and even though I'm not – regretting it too much now like there are little things here and there that i missed out on that i feel like you have doing what you did so i definitely commend you for that and i would tell any kid in my scenario your scenario that you know maybe you should leave your car at home i mean there's just i I do miss i wish i had been a little more like that uh when drew was here because we that was the year that he was at hendrix with me um Mm -hmm. we always like asking this question to kind of give the people at home who maybe didn't play collegiate football what it was like, your first fall camp, how was that?
2: Oh, oh, goodness. Let me tell you, that was the longest month of my life, <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there, camp started, I think, August 1st or 2nd, so I, got, I had gotten in, you know, July, whenever, and checked into the hotel July 30, 30th, slept there the 31st we have like our you know physicals get equipment all that all of that stuff happening July 31st mm-hmm. and I remember we were in our team meeting and the receivers coach coach Steph this awesome guy he came up to me he dumped you know dumped this huge huge folder basically in my lap and it was like obviously all the other guys there at the time were you know had been in the system they already knew what was going on and they're like hey here's install one two three four all the way up to 14 or whatever and it was like i mean it was thick Mm -hmm. it was three four inches of paper just stacked on top of me and he's like all right install one tomorrow (laughs) and i was like okay install one was about a quarter of like the whole thing and then like it gets smaller and smaller as the the days go on Mm -hmm. so i sat in the hotel room that night with uh with a tight end of mine a friend of mine who's a tight end he's a freshman as well and both of us came in and we were like, God, we got a lot to learn by tomorrow. So, we stayed up. This is, to keep in mind, this is only the first night. You stay up till like, 11, get up at 6, and I'm like, okay, just going to try my best. And then, long story short, you know, going through fall camp, obviously we had a bunch of really good receivers. Ended up getting a lot of reps in fall camp, you know, just because of the nature of it. I was a three, uh, three on the depth chart at that time and in the slot. And I was very tired, like every day. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a grind. It's, it's, you know, 6am, you know, you got practice, you got lifts in the afternoon, meetings in the afternoon and coach Morris, the previous coach at SMU, his big thing was having like team meetings at the at night that went till about eight or nine, sometimes even later, because he was big on um, just, he wanted to meet every night. He wanted to, coaches be able to talk and share their story every night so we kind of went through every coach that first fall camp and they told their story Mm -hmm. and i felt like that was a it was a really cool experience but also at the same time i was just like i am so tired and i think that's (laughs) everyone's sentiment
3: yeah
2: uh but you know fall camp the first one's you know it's definitely one of the biggest challenges i've ever faced in my life but it's something i would i would definitely do do again 100 percent.
1: yeah no and our first fall, or my first fall camp at Hendricks was basically the same thing uh it's not for as long as you guys but it was only a two-week process um and our coach also has team meetings late at night um I don't know if it's for this for that reason uh Sandy might have more answers but uh it definitely like it would keep us out of trouble because our meeting would start at like 8 30 um yeah. and so we wouldn't be able to like do anything else at night it, and it went through until uh, the end of the season, we'd have him before games and stuff. Um, But I want to talk about, there's a guy obviously who's unfortunately just got hurt, um, but kind of was on a breakout this year, Cortland Sutton. What was it like to see a future NFL pro like every day in practice? And then obviously him go out your, your red shirt for your freshman year, um, him go out on Saturdays and and just ball out. Oh, uh,
2: court. He's, he's an awesome dude. I'll say like, I'll, say before we even talk about the on the field stuff just off the field he was two lockers over for me he was one of the most down-to-earth guys I've ever met you know he's just a guy you want to be around a guy that just exemplifies just greatness in my opinion he he carried himself really well he was res- he respected everyone he he didn't care who you were he if you respected him he respected you and he was just a really down-to-earth guy and then you know getting onto the field I mean that's I mean, he he was he was a beast, let me mm-hmm. tell you, I mean in practice i mean it's i mean he's you know six four two fifteen, you know lean muscle runs a runs a four four, and he, he he could dominate in our practice field, and it was just you know there were one handed catches seemed so casual to him, you know jumping over guys seemed so casual to him, you know but at the end of the day, he always wanted to push himself in practice, knowing that he had the potential to go to the NFL and, you know, seeing him transition to the NFL was something I honestly expected. I was like, this dude can flat out ball. And I was like, Hey, this is, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity being able to just learn from him. And I just soaked everything in, saw how he carried himself on and off the field. And wow. (laughs) That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, like I, I didn't, I mean, obviously he was a really talented guy at SMU and you get to see a lot of him being in Dallas, but I didn't think he was going to become the NFL pro he has. Um, obviously I didn't get the insight like you did, you know, seeing him behind scenes and at practice, I maybe would have thought that if I had seen it. Um, but I mean, he, unfortunately he, he just got hurt. Uh, hope Hopefully he has a speedy recovery here. Um, yeah. But you talk about him being in the locker room. Uh, we always know funny things happen in the locker room. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite ex- like moment, doesn't have to be from just your freshman year. What's your favorite moment in the locker room been since you've been at SMU?
2: I don't have to think about this one. Actually, no, no, it's definitely last, last year, fall camp. So my junior year, fall camp, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of the SMU locker room, but we have two really big pillars in the middle, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who got them, but somebody got basically two basketball hoops. <laughs> and basically stuck them to the two p- opposite pillars mm-hmm. and we'd be running uh five on five with like a tennis ball or like a mini basketball in between practice and mm-hmm. meetings like every single day and we yeah, start yeah. having dunk contests people would get dunked on people would be <laughs> swatting each other and I think mm-hmm. that was that like I think all of us like all hundred of us were in there watching us play basketball on mini hoops and I think that was just that that's a part of the brotherhood that I feel like I couldn't have gotten anywhere else
1: yeah and locker room locker room you know the connection is is deeper than I think anywhere else um and I you know we always talk about on this podcast just how those guys at the end of the day are you know your best friends the people you go to battle for and whatnot um but there's one game that I want to talk about. Um, it's It was at TCU uh, and when you guys beat them when they were 25. I know you, you weren't suited up because you were hurt, um, but what was that like? Because I know technically you guys are rivals, but TCU's kind of been better than SMU the last couple of years. But what was it like to get one on them, especially in their home stadium?
2: Yeah, no, that game was – that was circled on our schedule since, you know, the offseason. We were like, this is going to be a big game. We're going into TCU. And I think – you know the the display of the dallas unis made it even more meaningful because we were like it's not just smu versus tcu this is this is dallas versus fort worth and i think that was something that we all we wanted to represent dallas we wanted to go into tcu or into fort worth and basically show they're like hey smu is coming back we're for real and you know going into that game obviously they had some good good talent they had uh new quarterback but they had like Jalen Rager he was a really good receiver with the he's with the Eagles now and uh some good guys on defense and we were like you know they're going to be a solid team but we we knew with what we had that we could go in there and and beat them and finally take back the iron skillet mm-hmm. and by the end of that game I know it was a close one but I mean once we got it we were like this is we felt like that was a good uh, a big turning point for our program moving forward and I think it still is.
0: Well, y'all get to keep the iron skillet this year. i you know, I guess you can't really play them because they're playing that uh, conference-only schedule now.
2: Yeah, uh, they we were gonna play them. I think that was last week, and uh, COVID protocol caught up to them, and now they're only playing the Big Twelve schedule, as far as I know. But that's <laughs> we do get the skillet for another year. They won. This was actually gonna be the hundredth year or the hundredth anniversary of our rivalry, and they had to back out. So it was. You know, it's something that we didn't want to happen, but you know, I have to pay attention to all those health concerns.
0: For sure. I know y'all do. I mean, Dallas is a great medical community, but you get to celebrate with the skillet for its hundredth anniversary. Y'all have it. So good deal there. there um go. yeah, let's uh let's move into it a little bit, Matt. Uh take us through your thought process earlier in the spring semester this year. You know, where was your head at? Did you guys think you were gonna play? all that?
2: Yeah. um, You know, start of spring semester, obviously when all this was going on, we were, we were just in off season working out every day. We were like, I mean, I think we were all thinking it's just going to blow over, you know, it's something that might hit us, but probably won't. And, you know, we're going through off season workouts and then um, went into spring ball. Um, We had scheduled our first week of spring ball and then we're going to have a spring break. And then we we're gonna come back and finish the rest of spring ball. So we did that first week of uh, spring practices and we were starting to get a little skeptical. Obviously, you know, everything was starting to, you know, rise a little bit. And we were like, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance that we're not gonna come back. We go through that first week of camp. I personally felt like I was having a really good spring camp. I had three practices, I was doing pretty well. Um, and then we go on spring break. Um, And then that, I think it was that Wednesday or Thursday while we were on spring break, they emailed us that, hey, you're, we're going to take two extra weeks of spring break. And, you know, all of us were just like, yes, (laughs) more spring break. And then, uh, you know, they were, they were talking back and forth at the um, compliance football. They were like, do we even do spring football if they come back? Like, is it something that we want to pursue? And then. You know, a week later, they're like, all right, we're just going full online. That's when it started to get pretty bad. We're just going full online for the rest of the semester, no football. And then I think at that point, we were like, you know, we're going to get this under control before the fall.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think the low point in our confidence for the season had to have been probably late May or early June. We were like, this is still happening. I don't, I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, we have a – really good staff here at SMU and the conference as a whole really put out a good initiative just to keep us safe, keep us healthy. And I'm just, I'm glad we have an opportunity to play this year.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, think everyone's happy that, college football's being played. You know, unfortunately you do miss out on some of those uh non conference rivalries like yourself and TCU. Um but at the end of the day, college football is being played and so I think everyone's happy about that. Uh what kind of like protocols do you guys have to go through? How many times do you have to get tested? What's kind of the COVID football practice slash games life games are like for you guys?
2: Yeah. So I'll I'll just take our first game week against Texas State for example. So mm-hmm. um we finished, we'd we finished fall camp, and this is after, obviously, we've been tested numerous times, but just in a typical week. We get, a, we get tested on Sunday, and then we have essentially a run-through practice that Sunday afternoon, so no contact, no potential for running into people that might have been tested positive. Monday is our off day. Um, we have a lift in the morning, but football activities, any contact activities are off. And then we normally get our results back that evening on Monday. So they clear us for Tuesday, which is normally a contact practice. Tuesday goes on, uh, you know, as normal. And then we get tested again Wednesday. And then Wednesday is full pads but no contact for the most part. And then Thursday is a walkthrough. And then we get tested Friday again. And then obviously the game game is Saturday. And then and this is all on top of, you know, getting temperature checked every day, symptom checked every day. Um, you know, we're wearing the visor and like the little, uh, Mm -hmm. transparent mask on our helmets, you know, all those, all those precautions are being taken and, you know, it's, it gets annoying at times, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's what we have to do if we want to play. And I think that's what a lot of us want to do.
1: Yeah. No. And I mean, you know, obviously Sandy and myself aren't playing college football, so we don't have to go through that on a normal basis. I know it would probably be a lot, um, especially at first, uh, whenever everything was kind of getting back. Um but you talk about your first game against Texas State. Um there's two Capel uh well really one Capel alum, one ex Capel football player in TJ. Um what was it like to play against Brady? You talked about earlier a story with Brady throwing you the ball and now he's on the other side throwing touchdowns against you against your team. What was it like seeing him succeed uh for Texas State and play um his first real action uh in college football?
2: Yeah, no, I was I was really excited for him. I knew he'd, he'd waited so long for an opportunity. You know, come in, going to Memphis, I, I, was, I was really rooting for him at Memphis, even though they're kind of like one of our conference rivals. I was like, you know, Brady's a baller. I know he can, he can sling the rock. He's a really good quarterback. He's a r- really good athlete. He's a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, he, this, this, guy can, this guy can do it. And then obviously Memphis didn't work out for him. Transfers to Texas State. And then we saw him on the schedule. I was like, "Oh goodness!" <laughs> so, going go into the, going into week one against him, I was like, I was just you know telling everyone around me because there a lot of people were thinking, you know, we can just kind of walk in and beat Texas State. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Man, they got they got a new quarterback, dude. This guy, this guy, this guy can do it all for him." And mm-hmm. lo and behold, he he had a pretty good game. Uh, our D line really got after him and I think they kind of disrupted him a little bit, but I mean, regardless, I mean, I was happy for him. I mean, he's waited so long for an opportunity to shine at the division one level. And um, I'm just, I'm happy that he got the chance. And even though it was against us, you know, it was was a lot of fun to see him ball out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it sucks. I think, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but apparently I think he quote unquote, has a positive test for COVID. That's why he hasn't played the last two weeks. Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Um, but unfortunately he's not, he hasn't played the last two weeks for them, uh, after his, his good game against you guys. But, uh, TJ McDaniels, the other name I mentioned, um, yeah. a, a running back who, who, after he left Coppell went to Southlake and just absolutely tore it up. And, uh, yeah. actually fun fact, I've seen his billboard. You guys talk about this Dallas campaign. Mm-hmm. I've seen him around the Dallas area on a billboard, which is pretty cool. Cause I was like, man, I, I know that kid and like, now he's on a billboard um living his best life. Um but what is it like to have TJ back on your team um and you know being being a starting running back for SMU.
2: Yeah, no I I always gave him a lot of crap for leaving for leaving Coppell after after his sophomore year, but I I think it did end up working out for him. I I don't know if he would have had, you know, the same impact at running back at Coppell. And uh, but that you know that's I don't want to speculate too much, but yeah. <laughs> you know him him committing to SMU <laughs> uh I texted him the day committed and I was like dude I mean that's awesome I knew I knew the, t- the type of kid he was he carries himself really well and, and you know on top of it he's obviously a really good athlete a really good running back mm-hmm. and I mean right now he's one of my best friends you know mm-hmm. I can <laughs> I feel like honestly he's he probably wants to play call of duty tonight now that I'm thinking about it uh <laughs> there you go but you he's go. he's just been you know a, a really good friend and a guy that you know, I'm just so happy that, you know, he's had the opportunity he's had to just ball out on a national level. I know his, mm-hmm. first, his first big collegiate game last year, he had three touchdowns, and mm-hmm. he just has been tearing it up ever since. And I'm I'm just – I'm always happy to see my brother succeed. That's <laughs> – no matter where it is, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to see, see everyone from Coppell, ex-Coppell, mm-hmm. I guess, succeed. So. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, y'all are rolling right now, Matt. I mean, you crushed North Texas. And like I told you before the show, North Texas crushed Arkansas a few years ago. And I'm thinking, all right, North, I don't think North Texas is going to win this game, but I think they'll make it close. And y'all left no room for doubt, you know, 62-35. I mean, I think SMU is going to have a really good year this year. Obviously, you guys had a good year last year. So, don't see why anything would change now, I guess. But, so, you're the first guy we've had on the show, I believe. Drew, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but. You know, you're walking on at a big time school and it takes a lot of dedication to do that. You know, we're kind of similar in the sense that, you know, Drew and I, we put at the division three level, there's no athletic scholarships. Now you might Mm -hmm. be on academic scholarships. You know, we were on academic scholarships, Um, but you're, you know, you're going to school, you're doing the same things as these scholarship players, but you're not afforded, you know, all the same benefits per se. Um, Can you kind of speak to, what it's like as a walk-on, and and what it takes to be a walk-on at a big-time school.
2: Yeah, um, you now walking on is definitely, I would say, it's not for everyone. I think there's, you have to have the right mentality over anything. I think there are a lot of good athletes that walk on, but they they struggle because you know their mind's not in the right place. You know, I've I've actually mentioned to a lot of my friends, I got, I got this saying, it, it's a uh, Del- Delay doesn't mean deny, and I think that's something I've taken to heart, uh, you know, as a walk-on, as a whole, because you know, as a walk-on, I'm probably not going to see a lot of time early. It might, it might not even happen until my senior year. You know, similar, similar to my varsity experience.
0: All right, Matt. I, I mean, a three-five at SMU is no joke. That's that's impressive. Um, so you know, you're a football player. You're a very highly talented academic student obviously you probably don't have a ton of free time one thing drew and i like to ask on the show to the football players is do you have a sport uh at smu that you like watching like are there any games that you make a point of going to
3: if you yeah, ever have free um, time
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh in the off season i really enjoy going in high school you know I might not come to my senior year but you know just understanding that you know, the, the the delayed gratification doesn't mean you're completely de- denied, and I think that's something that's really stuck with me as a walk on. And you know, being at a big time university in SMU, I think, you know, being a walk on here actually hasn't been like you know the stereotypical you know like you get hazed, you get picked on, you you get you're perceived as you know like a practice squad only guy or not that good. Like you no, know, like I feel like we get a lot of respect here because, you know. I think for the most part, a lot of these kids at SMU, they they know that a lot of the walk-ons are from Texas. So they know these Texas high school kids, like these kids can ball. Like they probably didn't get the looks. They probably, you know, they didn't play till senior year like I did, whatever it may be. But they know at the end of the day that we can we can play with the big boys like we did in Texas high school football. And, you know, I think that's, a culture thing specifically at smu i'm not going to speculate about other schools but uh, the walk-on community here at smu is definitely very tight and along with the scholarship guys i mean you i feel like at the end of the day you can kind of tell who's a scholarship guy who's not just by looking at him but all of us get treated the same at the end of the day and i think that's something that gets overlooked by a lot of people
1: yeah no i mean I think that I think that's good by SMU because obviously, like you said, there's some some things that can happen. You know, obviously, if you're not a scholarship guy, you could be looked upon differently. But I think at the end of the day, you guys are football players um, and, you know, you're, you're doing this for a reason. Um, but let's kind of take it away from the football field a little bit. Um, actually, I lied. Let's keep it on the football field because you've played in some games. Uh, I want to talk about your experience. What it was like lining up. Um, maybe not for a full game, but what it was like lining up a couple of plays here and there, playing in the game? What was that like for yourself?
2: Oh, it was like a dream come true, you know, just stepping foot, you know, knowing that you're, you know, you're on national television, knowing that you, you finally, I don't want to say, like, I've arrived, like, I don't want to say, like, that sounds a little over the top, but just saying, like, seeing the grind that it took as a walk-on to get onto the field at the end of the day, it's almost like a dream come true because, you know, it's culmination of hundreds and hundreds, maybe even probably thousands of hours of football training, practice, lifting, you know, soaking it all in mentally. I mean, I have to know all the plays too. And, you know, just getting on there, you know, lining up across from, you know, division one DB at the same Mm -hmm. time. It's just being there, even though I haven't, you know, gotten a touchdown or anything, not yet, hopefully, you know, but just being, being there, and knowing that I contributed to, you know, SMU football, that's, that's something that I'm eternally grateful for.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, playing Division One snaps, like, that's cool. But you've also gotten two awards um, being named all-conference, all-academic team. I mean, that's no short measure because SMU is a tough school. Um, what is, what, what's that honor like getting named to the all-conference, um, all-academic team?
2: Uh, you know, that's academics is something I really pride myself on, as you know, from high school, (laughs) you know, it didn't, didn't change in college. I didn't slack off in college. Um, but you know, uh, being on academic scholarship, especially I, you know, I had to hold myself to a high standard Had to keep my GPA, you know, above a three, five to keep my academic scholarship where it was all that stuff. And, you know, just, I I was, I really prided myself on, you know, not being, you know, I was a walk-on, but, you know, I still wanted to pride myself on not being, like, a jock or, like, an athlete that doesn't care about school. Like, I really wanted to be seen as, like, hey, this guy's, like, this guy works hard in school. He wants to do stuff outside of football, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I just wanted to carry myself like that. <laughs> and, I mean, it paid off when I got selected along with a few. We actually had a decent amount from SMU to get selected for that team as mm-hmm. well. But it was definitely an honor that I'm thankful for to the basketball games and the soccer games. Um, SMU's got a really good soccer team, both men's and women's teams are really good. And um, enjoy going to those games, watching, you know, we actually have two former Coppell soccer players on our men's team. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Nick Taylor and Wyatt Priest are both really good players for us. And, you know, love watching them and love watching the team. We actually made it to the Elite Eight last year, and we played, I think it was the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament that was at SMU. And that was a really cool experience to be a part of and loved being in the stands with, you know, a bunch of other football guys that were in the same position as me. And then, you know, love watching basketball too, but I wouldn't say I'm as big of a basketball guy, but definitely would go with soccer if I were to say one.
1: Well, I mean the basketball team at SMU is actually, since you've been there has been pretty good Um, uh, before you were there. I think they were, they weren't the best, but the last couple of years they've actually been pretty competitive. Um, Now, Obviously I'm from the Dallas area. I've been to downtown Dallas. You know, SMU is right in the middle of basically well not of downtown, but it's it's pretty close to downtown Dallas. Um, what are some restaurants that you would recommend to someone visiting? What are some like like really good I mean, anywhere you go in downtown is gonna have a good spot, but what's your hot spots that you got, that you like to go to? Um, you know, maybe after a big win, or just maybe uh, you know, you just wanna you just want something that's gonna hit?
2: You know, if, I, if I'm really wanting to splurge, you know, I, I mean, I have to say, like Nick and Sam's, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with, you know, one of the best steakhouses in Dallas. But, you know, going on the go, you know, going to a more like every day, you know, I love, you know, like Torch's Tacos. Torch's is really good. Um, you know, Grub Burger is a, a small burger joint uh, <laughs> right across the highway from SMU that's really good. Love going there. Um, another place was Diggs Tacos across from SMU, SMU's campus, like right across the street. But uh, it actually closed down due to COVID, so uh, that was a a pretty big loss for the SMU community yeah, when, when they closed. But um, there's those two places, and then there's uh there's this outdoor. I guess you could technically call it an outdoor bar. It's I don't go for the I don't go there for the alcohol, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they have really good Philly cheesesteaks. It's called Truck Yard off Greenville. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to take a look over there, but it's a really really cool really cool place. So obviously it's kind of set up as an outdoor bar, but the mm-hmm. food's really good there. And we, me and a few of the other guys actually go there, uh, every Thursday before games. And it's, you know, kind of like a ritual at this point, mm-hmm. shall we say? So yeah. those are just a few of the places I really like around, around here.
1: Well, I, there's a place that I like to go to. It's called the Dallas Girl Cheese Company. Have you been there? Okay. So <laughs> I have never been there,
2: but I've had their food. Like if they, okay. if they, they have, a. A bunch of organizations on campus use mm-hmm. them as like they're catering and I've, okay. I've had their stuff I mean it's really good I just I mean, I've never met I've never been there
1: it's but it's like literally right across like every time I go well there's <laughs> there's multiples in, in the Dallas yeah. area but there's like one like right by you guys's campus we go to that one because I think it's newer and uh, mm-hmm. it's actually closer because it's not as deep in the Dallas um, now obviously you kind of mentioned that you're not big into alcohol but we are all over 21 so we will ask you what is the nightlife like in dallas um is there a is there a a spot to go to like on a saturday night after you guys win you know um or do you guys go to the downtown area to where you guys go party i mean what's the scene like for an smu football player so
2: i would say the nightlife i'll I'll just take that tcu when we talked about earlier um a bunch of the guys went to the, went to theory downtown. I know that's like the premier nightclub, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's just, I mean, a bunch of tiny bars all around, the all around and then mm-hmm. there's the occasional guy that'll have his Highland Park house that everyone goes <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty common too. But, um, you know, the, the nightlife for a football player, I would say is it, it's pretty chill. I mean, you're in downtown Dallas. Um, I will say until about last year so on my freshman and sophomore year saying you're an SMU football player didn't mean as much but last year it meant definitely meant a lot more <laughs> um and then obviously this year it's i mean there's not a nightlife this year so
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it definitely it definitely hurts that you um you know with covid going on it, it you guys can't do anything besides football and school really um obviously you know, there's some things you can do, but um, you got to wear a mask, only certain, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. tough. So it, it makes going out a lot harder. Um, obviously, I think besides Wiley, you're really the first guy we've talked to that's been in a major city. Um, can you talk about the difference of being a in, in a university? Obviously, you have an experience being in a, uh, another university, but can you talk about what it's like being in a university that's in, you know, A big city like Dallas
2: yeah um, I mean being at SMU I mean and we talked talked about this many times but I feel like you are in Dallas you are Dallas we you know we put it on our chest that we represent Dallas and I think that's uh, that's something that SMU is really trying to move towards especially with this football initiative is you know we want to represent Dallas you know in whatever way we can and being in the city is definitely something that I had to get used to. I know we briefly mentioned that earlier, but it's – the the college town experience is not for everyone, and mm-hmm. I think I found a happy medium being in a city because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things to do in Dallas. There's a lot of good restaurants, a lot of mm-hmm. entertainment. Obviously, we got, I guess, I mean, every major sports team, pro sports team. I mean, I think, I think Dallas has a team and everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, there's just so much to do. There's the job market in Dallas is incredible. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm really looking forward to
3: mm-hmm.
2: is the job market. You know, it's, there's a lot of major businesses that have offices in Dallas. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really take into account when they look into schools all the time. It's like, Hey, it might, it might be in a city,
3: mm-hmm. it might
2: be, you know, downtown Dallas pretty much, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're so close to so many opportunities and that's, That's something I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah. Something I'm looking forward to, Matt. And again, I love this campaign that y'all are running for Dallas. I think it's great that SMU can teach the city of Dallas that it's okay to have a football team that Can win more than eight games a year. I think that's very much needed right now in your city. That's that's I took that shot uh on behalf of Drew. Okay. I actually that, like the Cowboys. I that's think what I that,
1: that's what I normally that's what I normally say. So Sandy took that for me. Thank yeah. you, Sandy.
0: Oh, okay. I, I wanted to make sure we got that in uh, in case. But this is know. our year. This is our I, year. I like the cowboys <laughs> going in this year. I do. Um yeah, I don't know. That's what about that's what every Cowboys fan says.
1: That's what every Cowboys fan we'll says. See. After week one, Matt, were you saying that we're not winning – like burn the shifts, we're, we're winning anything. And then after week two, this is our year. This is our yeah, year. This is our year. Hey,
0: yeah. Just go off to a bad start. Drew, it happens, Dak, right?
1: Dak is, Dak is
2: a borderline top five quarterback. Don't come at me.
0: Woo. Uh, that SMU education obviously just stays in the, uh, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but, woo, Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll see. I mean, he's an MVP candidate. We'll, we'll see. Um, Matt, one thing you mentioned to us, uh, before the show, you obviously, well, Drew kind of mentioned it when you were talking about the TCU game, you, you were injured. You weren't able to, uh, be a part of that game. And you said it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a minor injury here or there. It kept you off for a little bit of time. You mentioned your quad, um, can you talk about a little bit of the rehab process, like how much time went into it? Because, you know, at Hendricks we had quite a few guys who are always in the training room, in and out, in and out, in and out. It's like you wake up, you morning lift, class, training room, back to class, then the practice. Like it's an all-day kind of thing. Can you talk about, like, how much time you put into rehab?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I could talk about my quad injury. I have also had ankle surgery in college as well, but I'll talk about the quad specifically. Um You know, I was, it was in practice actually after our third game of this season, I believe. And basically long story short, we were running in opposite directions. It was a full contact day and I got a need right, like on my quad and it was like right in between my knee pad and my quad pad. If you know what I'm talking about, that little gap, of course, it hit me right there. So it was, you know, full speed opposite directions of guys running full speed. And I felt it kind of give, and like I kind of like limped off to the side. I was like, "This, this doesn't feel right." So I go to the training room right after practice, and they're like, "You know, you probably gonna have a little bruise on your quad." You know, they—I mean, it's—it's it's hard to judge how bad it was really gonna be. Um, but I—I you know, ha- had it iced, had it—you um, know—they are moving it back and forth, just making sure my blood was flowing and just try to flush it out the best they could. I end up going to class that day. And then after sitting down for my hour and hour, 15 minute class, I get up and my leg was like, and, um, end up going over to the training room and have end up having to go to the ER. Right. They were like, Hey, like you can't move your leg. This is like really bad. So I had a really, I had like the highest grade quad contusion that you could have. Uh, they had to put me on, uh, you know, like the device that moves your leg back and forth after an ACL surgery, I had to be on that all night. They checked on me all night and they were like, hey, we might have to drain your leg of all the blood that's in there. And, you know, comparing that injury to my ankle surgery, my ankle problems that I've even had since high school, like that was probably one of the worst pains I think I've ever had. Like anytime I wanted to bend my leg past, you know, basically like a sitting position. Like if I wanted to like stretch my quad even slightly past 90 degrees, like Mm -hmm. it felt like I was about to just like rip my quad and the training, the training room process was, you know, literally wake up, go to the training room and obviously I was out. So the, you know, during practice or during lifts or whatever, I would just still be in the training room getting treatment or, you know, trying to walk around on it, whatever I could do. And I mean, it was, it was repeating that process every day for, four weeks really until I could kind of start like really walking and kind of jogging again so I could kinda of participate in activities again. Mm-hmm. And then really never felt like myself on that quad again until around the end of the season, last game of the season, beginning of ball prep. And that was pushing through that injury was or getting through that injury was something that was definitely really difficult. And obviously I mentioned it was one of the worst pains I've ever experienced in sports. But you know, getting through that, pushing through it, really, you know, that perseverance was worth it. Because I mean, ended up being a really good season, and uh, my leg's stronger than ever right now because of the rehab I put on it, mm-hmm. and just helped me prepare for senior year. There you go.
1: I mean, it, it, injuries are injuries suck. Um, obviously, that process is long. Rehab sucks. It sucks not to be out there with your teammates, even even if you're not playing the games. Just being in practice, being on the road. Uh, um, it sucks and it's tough uh, to not go uh, and actually, you know, just practice and whatnot. Um, but let me ask you this. Uh, you're in the city of Dallas. The Mavericks are balling. The stars are obviously in the Stanley cup finals. Um, are you a fan of Dallas sports? Yeah, I would I'd say, I would say I am. I, so are, are you a bigger fan okay. of the stars or the Mavs?
2: I would have to say the Mavs right now. I'm a big fan of the stars, Yeah, (laughs) obviously I have to be, but you know, throughout the course of, you know, the regular season and all that, I definitely love watching the Mavs. Love, love, love Luca. He is a baller. I've been saying I'm going to get a Jersey for like the past year. and I still haven't gotten it. I might actually get it after this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Dirk's career as it is, you know, already the championship, he's a Hall of Famer for sure, all the career points, everything like that, or have Luca's career, um, you know, the big what-if question. You know, everyone thinks he's going to be the next, you know, the face of the franchise, whatever like that. So which career would you rather have? Luca's with the unknown, but you still get to play, or Dirk's already set career, but you're a legend?
2: Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I think – I think I'll take Luca on the unknown, honestly. I think he has a lot of upside. You know, this is an evolving era of basketball, I think. We're obviously mm-hmm. moving to more, more deep shooting and shooting in general rather than, you know, how Dirk played. Love mm-hmm. Dirk. I'm not dissing him by any means, but I'll be a, I'll be a little risk taker and take Luca.
1: Hey, there you go.
0: I know a lot of Dallas fans that would throw a fit listening to that answer, but as an outsider, I can tell you I'm I'm all in with Matt now. I mean, Dirk bringing a championship to Dallas was huge. Obviously, I know he's – I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a great – but we're talking about that guy who has the potential to win multiple MVPs. Uh, he's got – they're missing one or two pieces here or there that could potentially bring about multiple NBA championships – I, I like this guy, and I mean, he's gonna be a financial consultant. I, I want him to be my guy. I mean, if he was gonna be a CPA, I'd want him to do my taxes. I'm, I'm putting my <laughs> my hand I'm putting my life in the hands of Matt. I like I like this answer, Drew. I, you know, all of your friends that you've introduced me to, Drew, the Dallas guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of them would say Dirk. First time we got a Luca answer, I love it. Yo, I'm all on this first industry. one. Yeah, I, yeah, really, man. Yeah. That, you say one thing about Dirk, they will. Oh
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, maybe we need to cut this part out then. I don't know that's <laughs> good that I said Luca. No, <laughs> no, it's okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't think there's a wrong answer mm-hmm. for being honest. I think, uh, I just yeah. think people, the love they have for Dirk, 20 years playing, or 21 years playing for the, the yeah. city Dallas, they brought, he brought the first championship to the Mavericks. Yeah. So like, it's, it's tough, but you know, hopefully you're looking for the future. Hopefully Luca will bring multiple championships. Um, but, Matt, we're going to ask you some questions here at the end. Um, we like to end on a on – you want to say something, Sandy? Well,
0: yeah, I do. Uh, Matt, you don't have a girlfriend, do you? I don't. Okay, just want to make sure. Lit. Easy, <laughs> easy dubs. Um, oh, no.
1: What
2: do I get myself into? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're, we're, we like to end on a little funny note, a little loose note. Uh, we're going to ask you three questions here. I've stolen this first question from Mr. Burke himself. Uh, and we're going to make it onto the regular asking of our college, view, college interviews. Um, if you could, would you rather run a hundred miles per hour or be able to fly, but only at 20 miles per hour?
3: And I it's not running.
1: like, and it's not, and it's not a buildup. It's just a straight 100 r- miles per hour. You said running. Why, I think why running? running? Uh, you know what? Actually,
2: no, I'm trying to think because there's the cool factor of flying but you're just slower than running. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: So I think being the efficient minded person that I am, I think I'm going to take the hundred mile an hour running. Cause I can just do everything faster on the ground.
1: Hey, so it, it's funny because what we've, what I usually ask this question out and Sandy in our little chat, we have, he'll guess what, what the other person's doing. Sandy, what did you say?
0: I said he'd run drew. I said he'd rather uh, run. Yep. And it makes sense. He's a track guy, too. So you got to factor that in. He got me. But, no, Matt, you, were, you hit exactly on what I used to make my prediction. I mean, you're, you're more of a straightforward guy. I mean, very efficient. You think in practical terms about, like, flying could be practical, especially when you don't have a car. When you're a freshman on campus, you can fly to wherever you want to go. <laughs> yeah, but, I guess I could. I mean, I, I mean, you're a football player. Running 100 miles per hour would help you. Although flying, I mean, that makes you unstoppable on the goal line, right? You just fly up there. You catch the ball. Boom land i don't know true but yeah that's kind of what that's inside the mind drew of how i think is i you know know. his major what he does it all just set up to say run and it's there's no wrong answer per se i mean running 100 miles per (laughs) hour would be freaking awesome man
1: no so the next question these are where it gets a little controversial um now i want to say this is a total hypothetical situation but say there was a say your coach any coach doesn't have to be the head coach could be, you know, the position coach, whatever um, they do. They have a daughter who is around your age, obviously of age, um, no underage dating here. Uh, do you think it's okay to date the coach's daughter?
2: I'm just going to say <laughs> hypothetically, if it's, if it's a coach that, you know,
3: golly,
2: that's a tough question. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards no. Unless, like, I, like, can really get off a good vibe from the coach that, so, like, he'd be okay with it. No, I'm, But I think in, in in a general sense, I'm going to say no.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, you are thinking about playing time uh, and everything like that.
0: Well, Drew, of everyone we found on the show, I think Matt would be the first to get approval from the coach. I mean, 100%. we've got a lot of good guys on, <laughs> but, I mean, he's got the academics going for him as well. I mean, that's the kind of guy you raise your daughter hoping that she will find – attractive and want to marry. I mean, that's SMU grad, financial, come on. on, (laughs) So he's okay. He'll do fine.
1: And just for, if there's any ladies listening out there, like he said earlier, he is single. So hit him up. Uh, We'll put it, his, his his, uh, uh, Twitter will be in. um, You'll see it on when we post this
0: link, especially if Um, you're a college coach's daughter or a high school coach's daughter
1: of age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The second one, um, are teammates' sisters off-limits to date? Obviously, again, hypothetical. It doesn't have to be anyone's actual sister. Just a hypothetical question.
2: I think they are not off-limits as long as you're, like, if you're chill with that teammate, I think you're good. There you go.
1: See, <laughs> see, I – now, the only thing I feel like for you and I, obviously being offensive guys, you know, running down the middle, middle line crossing routes – middle linebackers and safeties we got you got to keep away from those position groups because they could put a hit out on you um oh, and, you yeah. know you're running across the middle doing some seven on seven stuff you got to watch your head um and whatnot but uh that's it that's all the time we have today matt thank you for coming on dude it was a blast talking to you um oh, yeah and, and catching up with you you know we haven't talked in a while um sandy do you have anything any last yeah. words who, who
0: do we play who do we play this week matt i'm, I'm all on the board SMU Mustangs, who do we play this week?
2: We have Stephen F. Austin at home this weekend.
0: Go. Easy cover. <laughs> easy cover. I, I gotta be with SMU here, Matt, because Arkansas plays Georgia. So
2: uh Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come he's, support he's, us. Pony out. Yep, absolutely.
1: <laughs> he's got he's got a, he's gotta have a winning team. He's gotta hop on some bandwagon here. Come on. And that does it for our interview today with Matt Doherty. Uh, Sandy, I don't know about you, my guy, but that was a great time uh, learning about SMU, uh, learning about some great places to eat that I didn't even know about in uh, the downtown area. It was awesome. But if you guys wanna hear more college interviews like you guys just heard, you guys can go to any platform, including Apple or Spotify, find us at Split and Uprights to listen to those interviews. If you guys wanna hear some more daily content as well as um, just anything that we post daily, Go to TikTok or Twitter and find us at Splin Ups.
3: Find pictures in my email, I sent this girl a picture of my head. I don't know what it is with females, but I'm not too good at that. Hey. See, I can have me a good girl and still be addicted to the mudrass. And I just blame everything on you. At least you know that's what I'm good at. Yeah, I always find, yeah, I always find something wrong You've been putting up with my issues just way too long I'm so gifted at finding what I don't like the most So I think it's time for us to have a toast Let's have a toast for the douchebags Let's have a toast for the Let's have a toast for the scumbags Every one of them that I know just have a toast for the jerks. That'll never take work off. Baby, I got a plan. Run away fast as you can. Run away from me, baby. Run away. Run away from me, baby. Run away. This stuff get crazy. Run away. Run away as fast as you can. Run away from me, baby. Run away. Run away from me, baby. Run away. Run enough to get crazy.